0: The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge, change is inevitable. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. And we are looking forward to the coming of Jesus. We look forward with hope, with anticipation, with joy. We look forward, Father, and whilst we are still here, we'll continue to do Your work till You come back. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah! Oh, come on, Hallelujah! Are we still awake? Good. This place is a bit hot. I want to turn on the 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 AC or something. Unless otherwise, some people are freezing. But turn on the AC so that we don't fall asleep. Is that okay? All right. This morning, I'm just going to be sharing with us in the next half an hour. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So our theme for the year is fruitfulness and abundance. And we have been looking through what this means for us as a church. What it means for us as individuals as well. But what we found out is that when God gives the word, it does not just automatically happen. There is a requirement from us to key into that word. Which means that we've got our own part to play. So when God says, "Hey, you're fruitful, or be fruitful," do we just sit down and go, "Yeah, God says I'm going to be fruitful, and I'm just going to wait for the fruit to appear?" No. We've got to put in some work. He requires us to do our part. We have a part to play. Same thing we talked about Isaac, if you remember. God said to Isaac, Stay in this land and I will be with you and will bless you. And the Bible tells us Isaac obeyed God and decided to stay in the land of Gera. And did not only just stay, he decided to sow, he decided to plant. And we see that Isaac, in the same year that he planted, he reaped 100%. And became wealthy until until he became very wealthy. That the king of Gerar, Abimelech, had to go to Isaac and told, told Isaac, Isaac, please leave us. Move away from here because you are much more mightier than us. Isaac even went away. Everywhere he went, he dug a well and water came out. Yet they said that land, there was famine in the land. But whatever he put his hand to do prospered because he went to work. He didn't just go around looking for wells. No, he went digging Wherever, wherever he dug, water came out. And he was blessed as a result. Because God has already blessed him. So you might have the blessing of God hovering over your head. And yet you'll still be living like an unblessed person. Because you've not done your part of the job. So my question to you this morning is, what is your part? What is your part? The scripture tells us that faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Hebrews 11 tells us also that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is taking hold of it even when there's every evidence against it, right? Faith is sticking your life on something, although every other person says it's not working. Can I say this also? You know how we always say faith means a life without doubt, it's not true. You know, I think I've said this before. Faith is not a situation without doubt. The reason why you need faith is because you, there's a potential of doubt. Faith is a life that you live in spite of doubt. In spite of everything that says this is not going to work. And of course, if you sit back and, re- and think by yourself logically, it's not going to work. But you just go, God, I trust you because you said your word. Oh, think about it. Peter and the other disciples in the boat saw Jesus in the, walking on the water. The first thing they thought is this guy is a ghost. But later Peter thought, that, that must be Jesus. But we're just going to find out. Because I'm just going to listen out to him for his voice. You know, we're talking about it on Friday. Jesus said, my sheep hears my voice. Even if they can't see me, but when they hear the voice, they will recognize. So Peter said, I'm just going to check. Jesus, if it's you, ask me to come. And Jesus said, come. Jesus was walking on the water. On the water. And Peter, "What, what, what do you think? Peter Stepped out. Did you think he wasn't doubting? Did you think he, he wasn't feeling, oh, are you sure? And, and if, he, if he completely trusted that it was Jesus, why did he have to check? He had a doubt. But he's saying, at your word. I'm going to step out at your word. I'm going to step out because you said so. I'm going to follow your say-so. Whether it's going to fall apart, I'm not quite sure, but it feels like it's going to fall apart. But I'm not walking by my feeling right now. I'm working on your word. I'm working on your word. You know, when you get healed, there are times the healing is not physically evident. But you stake your life out and go, your word says so. I'm going to stake my life on your word. How do you know someone loves you because they said so? Or how do you really know? You're sticking sticking your life at their word. Two people stand together at the altar and say, I do, I do. What's your proof aside from their words? It's just their words. So you start living together because both of us decided we do based on our words. And then action, follow it. But what if no action follows it? Say, I love you, but when you see danger coming my way, you don't do anything to protect me. Does that still show you love me? All right, let's not digress. So basically, when you say I have faith, there is something that is much more than your capacity or your physical ability that you trust to carry you on, there's something that is much more. Faith is not because you can do something by yourself. If you can do something, you don't need faith. If you have have the ability to make something work, you don't need faith because you have the ability. But you require faith for what is beyond your capacity. And say, when God says, I have blessed you, stay in the land and I will bless you, Isaac. Stay in the land and I will bless you. You just need to trust him beyond the situation. You just need to trust him beyond the circumstance. Say, you are healed. You are healed. You just need to trust him for strength. You just need to trust him for the, 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 the wholeness inside of you. Because he said so. Because he said so. Say to someone, because he said so. Can you stake your life on his say so? Can you stake your life on his say so? Do you trust him? Do you believe in him? Do you believe in... Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Ask someone, do you believe? Do you believe? Oh, let's, let's do a little experiment. Let's do a little experiment. Is that okay? All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your rating of belief? How much you believe in God? <laughs> oh, only you know you know that. Only you know. 1 to 10, what's your level of complete? Okay, let me swap the word belief for reliance. What's your level of your reliance on God? Is it a bit of reliance? Um, just much, a little bit more reliance or total reliance on God? What's your level? Is anyone bold enough? Anyone bold enough? I'm putting you on the spot, I know. Anyone bold enough? And the reason why you can't say is because of what someone else that is sitting by you will say when you say your level of reliance, isn't it? But God calls us to a life of complete reliance. And him. Complete reliance. I know some of you might be a 2 over 10 at the moment. But God is calling you to a life of 10 over 10. 10 over 10. It doesn't doesn't happen once. You need to start working on that. You get it? It doesn't happen all at once. But you, you need to start working on it every day. God, I, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give this to you. Okay, Lord, next. I, I'll give this to you. Okay, God, this addiction. I, 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 I'll give this to you. All right. I, and then, you know, one of the things that is very difficult to give to God is the things that you think you have control over already. Or the things that are hidden that no one else sees. And until God has a part in that, you're not completely working with him yet. You're working with him, sure, but not completely. Not completely. Say, so God, I'll, I'll give to you. I'll give this to you. I'll give this to you. And when, I, when you say, I'll give this to you, in other words, I'm, I'm giving it up for you. Hey, How many of you, in your finances, you're completely reliant on God? Come on. Talk to me. I know of some people who pay their rent into into church accounts. I know. (laughs) I'm not quite sure if that's reliance on God or what. Okay? But it's by accident and twice. Same person. God help you. All right. But I know you just need to walk at it. God requires a 10. But God's, God's not forcing you. But God knows that it's a journey. He wants you to keep walking at it. Working at it. Until you hit a 10 where before anything you go, God, what do you say about this? What do you say about this? I'm about to do this and I'm not quite sure. So what do you say about it? And I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll do whatever you say I should do. Do you know why? Because God is bigger, he's wiser, he's smarter than any one of us. First Corinthians. And I'm just going to go through a few things with us this morning. Chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 6. Because what God does for us is to give us his word. And our part is to do something about it. In verse 6, it says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. In other words, the kind of wisdom that we speak is not the kind of wisdom that is generally accepted outside of here mostly. And when I say outside of here, I mean outside of of Christendom. Our culture says something completely different. But our Christian lives say something a bit different. For example, this example is very interesting, but follow me. You know, there's nothing wrong Okay, I'm talking about the worldview of relationships. There is nothing wrong in the world when two people who are unmarried live together. That's the worldview. In fact, we want them to before they get married to see whether they are compatible. And some even go ahead and test it with one child. I go, oh, nah, we can't do this together, sorry. And then the child is left, okay, who should I be visiting? Not everyone. Some people get in there with the idea of, you know what, this will work. And unfortunately, it didn't work. But there are some who just feel like, you know what, Let's just live together and see if our life is going to work together. But that's the way the world thinks. But the way God asks us to is that you can't live together unless you're married. So if you cannot wait, get married. Huh? But that's what the word of God says. Paul said to the church, he said, hey, if you can't hold yourself, then go get married. Well, hey, don't just live together and sleep together and you think it's okay. It's not. But you see, that idea is not popular in the outside the church. Well, can I tell you something? That outside the church, when two people who are married live together, they call it something. What do they call it? Living in sin. Oh, go check the dictionary. That's what they call it. Google it. That's what they call it. When you live together, when unmarried, they call it living in sin. Okay? That is what is even understood from the worldview. In other words, that worldview is influenced by the church view. And it's not just a church view. Because that's what it's supposed to be. You can do it. You can live with Mr. A today and then go on to Mr. B. And then Mr C later and then go, Oh, I just realized that I'm not meant to be married. No, it's not that way. Of course there are people who you know don't have the I'm careful to say this, but they luck to stay in a relationship, probably because of the kind of people they meet in their lives. At times you can't blame them. But there are some, it's just a decision. And At times, because we're young, we think, oh, well, our young lives is just to try and test and test and test and test until you find the, the one that sticks. But it's not supposed to be that way. Because with that, what then happens is that your spiritual life does not grow, it's stunted. It's stunted. It's stunted. All right. So he said, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age, of the rulers of this age. That's what we took off on. Not the wisdom of this age. Because the wisdom of this age feels like, well, that's the right thing to do. But, But the wisdom that is for the mature goes, does God like this? Does God like this? And at times the Holy Spirit tells you right in your heart, is this the right thing to do? Are you sure? And the beautiful thing is that he doesn't force you. He just appeals to your heart and goes, is this the right thing to do? Are you sure? Okay, after doing this, are you sure you're going to be happy? And then you go, oh, I don't think so. So then think, think twice. What does my word say about it? And at times that's what gives you the idea of what God wants you To do or not to do. Then it says, No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, and this is where I'm taking you to, however, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, The things God has prepared for those who love him. What no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, what has not even come into the the, the mind of humans. So those are the kind of things God has prepared for those who love him. And these are the things that God has revealed to us by His spirit. So when He tells us, "Is your year of fruitfulness and abundance is by His spirit?" Because that's why we say it's not by might, it's not by power, but by God's spirit. Because when it says, "Be fruitful, fruitfulness is not just going to come because we are humans." it's going to come because we are reliant on God. And we're completely sure that when we do a little, he blesses it. Isaac sowed in the land and God blessed it and he ripped back a hundredfold. God causes the little that you put in to yield much. But you've got to be ready to put in. You've got to be ready to take the action. Because if you don't take the action, what will happen? Nothing. Isaac could have stayed in that land for another seven years. If he had not done anything, it would have just been Isaac, who had God's word, but did nothing about it. Oh, I love Jacob. Jacob, you know, after he wrestled with the angel, he woke up in the morning and said, ah, God was here, and I didn't know. He said, I didn't know. You know, at times you just need to be aware. To be aware at what point God speaks to you. To be aware. There are some decisions that we'll make. It doesn't just sit well with our spirit. But we do it anyway. But God is saying, hey, this year is a year of building character. Character. Build a character that is reliant on me. Instead of on your idea or on your concept. He wants us to build a character, a character that you can keep going back to and you are completely sure this is what God wants me to do. And how do you know that? By being consistent with him. By being consistent. How do you know me? How do you know what I like if you are not consistently having interpersonal relationship with me? The more we talk, the more you know what I don't like and what I like. You understand? The more we spend time together, the more you realize, oh, wow, he likes this and he likes that. The more you get to know the kind of food that I eat. It's true, right? The more you know that I can even eat dinner for breakfast. All right? I can. It really doesn't matter. But for some people, it has to be cereal. But for me, it can be rice, Asian food, whatever, pounded yam in the morning. And some people look at me and go, are you sure you're going to get stomach upset? I'm not. Nope. I'm not. Number one, because the spirit of God is in me. And number two, I'm used to it. So the more... You have relationship with someone, the more you get to know them. What am I saying by that? The more you have relationship with God, the more you get to know what he wants you to do or not. Otherwise, you always be second guessing yourself. you always be thinking, are you sure God wants this? Are you sure God likes this? No, let's not be at that point where we are wondering if we are sure God likes this or not. Let's be at that point where we are completely assured what he likes. Why? Because we have a consistent relationship with him. And he's saying, he said, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, neither has he come into the hearts of men what God has proposed for them that love him. But how do we know what he has proposed for us if we don't keep searching? He said, but we know by our spirit. But do you know not everything in your spirit that comes into your mindset? Not everything. Not everything. So you have to spend time, spend time, spend time having a relationship with God. And that relationship comes by consistent activity of whatever you do with God. I'm not sure what you do with God. But prayer is one way to start. Worship is another way. And I'm not saying that everyone has to do it the same way, you know? Because we're all different. Right? We're all different. Some people can pray for 10 hours. Why? Some people can just sing for 10 hours and can only pray for 5 minutes. But whatever builds your relationship with God, continue to do it. Continue to do it. Because God wants you to be a 10. Not a 2, not a 5, not an 8, a 10. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. Say to someone, he wants all of you. Not just part of you. Another question I'd like to ask you, in line with what we're talking about is, what's your enrollment as a child of God? Are you a part-time Christian or a full-time Christian? What's your enrollment? You know why people do part-time study or do part-time work? It's because they don't have time to do full-time work. Or they have so many other things in their life that takes their time. Right? So they do part-time study so that they can have time to do that. And do this. So they want to be able to balance their life. All right. Now, with that as a background, what's your enrollment as God's child? Are you a part time child of God or a full time child of God? Are we checking? Are we checking? Because one way to know that is how many people know that you're God's child? Is your life compartmentalized? Is the people in this side of your life aware that you are this person? You know, some people will be shocked that you're a Christian. (laughs) For some of you, they'll be shocked. Sure, really? Are you? Oh no, poor you. Why? Because you've always hidden your life. But yet, when you are with your family, this family, you're bubbly. You're the best. But how about taking that bubbly nature of yours to other people? Let them see completely who you are. Stop living a double life. Why? Because otherwise you always be looking for a way. To defend what you were doing when you are not with them. Because you can't tell them I was in church. You just tell them, well, I was busy. Busy doing what? Why can't we catch up? Because I'm busy. Don't call me on Sundays because on Sunday mornings between this time and this time I'm busy. What are you doing? Just busy. Oh, come on. Let your lives cross. Bring this part together and bring the other part together. Let them merge. Let them merge. Let it be that there's no need for you to worry your mind thinking, what should I tell them? Let them see through you. Be a full-time Christian. Don't be a part-timer. You know, one thing I can not do, especially when it comes to study, is part-time study. I think it's a waste of time. I'm sorry, that's my perception. Okay? I think it's a waste of time. If you say it's a four-year course, then let's just do it for four years. Right? If you say it's a three-year course, do it for three years. Get it done. The quicker you get in, the quicker you come out. Right? But not part-time. Part-time, you do it double the time. Same work. But double the time. So just get it done. So as a full-time Christian, you see your life is easier. Can Can I tell you one of the things that you... You, you, you would not be able to run away from, as a part-time Christian, lying. You can't quit lying. True or false? You can't quit lying because you're always saying something to the other person. You code it in such a way that they don't understand what you're saying. And the problem is when, you, when your Christian brothers and sisters meet you at the shop with the ones that know your other life, there's always an awkward conversation. Hey, this is Uche, and Uche, uh, and this is my friend. We go to the same school, and this is Uche. Uh, Uche, we're family friends. No. <laughs> yes, we're family friends. That's part of the truth. Why is my Christian brother? Right? But if they already knew, they can even go... Hello, Uche, you are Gigi's Christian brother, aren't you? Someone was sharing with me last week how, you know, these other set of people always knew he's a Christian. But this set of people weren't Christians, so, but so, so they just knew. So whatever they discuss at times when he's there and they discuss some things, there are some things that they don't discuss while he's there. But the day came when they asked him a very difficult question. And the difficult question was, I'm going through this particular thing, and I know you're a Christian, so I thought I should check with you. What would you do if you were in my position? Now, think about it. If he didn't let them know that he was a Christian, are you sure they would have been confident to ask him those deep-rooted questions? Possibly not. Possibly not. And you always have the answer within you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit puts the answer within you. He's preparing you right now while you are listening to me. He's preparing you for those days when you will need to answer those questions. While you're thinking, I don't have the words. God said to Jeremiah, I'll put my words in your mouth. I'll put my words in your mouth. And Jesus said to, to us, "Say at the very point, he said, don't think about what you will say when you get there. He said, but at the very point when you are about to speak, he said, you will have something to say. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's working in you. He's preparing you now for the day when you need to testify. He's preparing you. So I'm saying to you, put in some work. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, but put in some work. Why? Because it might, you might live the rest of your life with no eye still seeing, no ear still hearing because you didn't do anything about it. Did you get what I just said? Because God has promised a whole lot for you. But if you believe in him, if you trust in him and put in some work, put in some work, get your relationship going. Making those commitments to him to say, Lord, you know what, this year I'm doing something more. We called it a year of extra, where you bring extra to the table, where you do much more or even a little more than you used to do. So, if you're coming to church on a Sunday, every Sunday becomes regular, then that's no longer extra. Do something more that becomes extra. If you're praying, it's consistently five minutes a day. Oh, if you want to bring extra, increase it a little bit to seven minutes. Or pray somewhere else. Do something that you've never done before, but bring something more. Bring something more. Bring something that catches, that gets your attention. Even in your giving, give extra. You know, there, there, there was someone here yesterday, I was completely, completely, you know, amazed. I walked in here and she was standing. She would usually not be here. But she was standing and she stood for the rest of the time, just serving people. I'm like, oh. after we finished, we got home, my, myself and Pastor Osas, we are still talking. Are you sure that person? What happened? What did you say to her? What made her stay back? And she stayed all that all through, even packing up and doing stuff. She stayed. What happened? And probably she just decided, I'm bringing an extra. And later that night, she called back and said, "Do you know this job that I applied for, and that job that I applied for, and the other one that I applied for? They are all calling me now." I'm thinking. No eye has seen. <laughs> no ear has heard. Why? Because when you bring in extra, God opens doors. When he says, be fruitful and productive, actually, let me rephrase that. You know, when you bring in extra, God does not open door. It's just that the doors have always been open. You're just walking into that promise. You're walking into that promise. The promise is already there, guys. It's already there. It says, you are fruitful and you will overflow. But you will not if you're not bringing in extra. If you're not doing anything about it. If you're not doing much more than, than you would normally do. And I ask you, everything that you do with your prayers, with committing, with, you know, even registering for call. <laughs> is an extra. Bring in extra. Bring in extra. And I say to you, because he's already said in his word, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It will be a surprise to your life, to your systems, to your environment, what God is doing in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com.